Hello and welcome everybody to episode number three of Jacket Talk. I'm Scott Reed. It is September 3rd, game day, as Tech gets ready to take on the Virginia Tech Hokies tonight in Blacksburg. Sorry for the slight delay, folks, in posting this uh, episode of Jacket Talk. There were some uh, delays that had to be taken care of. And I'll try to, uh, in the future, get the preview episode up at least about at least two days up before game day. Uh, so here we go. Tech opens uh, the 2012 season at Virginia Tech. If you are like me, you've sat through the entire weekend of college football, liking it, of course, as so many people have called it uh, Christmas weekend in college football, the beginning of it, uh, was something we've all looked forward to, but looking, looking, go, going through those games this past Saturday and even Thursday and Friday, all waiting on one thing, of course, tonight, Monday night, Tech takes on Virginia Tech. This uh, is as big of a season opener, I believe, uh, as we've had at Georgia Tech. Uh, the biggest one since the 2006 Notre Dame game, that opener at Bobby Dodd Stadium, in which College Game Day actually came <clears throat> to campus. That was 2006. We fell 14-10 to and had a real good shot at that one, but I digress. So the game tonight, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech. We're going to get a big stage. Uh, I've said it before in a previous episode, but this Monday night ACC showdown has been in the in the ESPN schedule for about I'd say four or five years now. It's drawing great ratings. In fact, one year uh, Miami and Florida State opened the year. I think it was twenty two thousand nine. I want to say something like that. Twenty ten uh, when Florida State Miami opened the college football season, opened their respective seasons on Labor Day. That was the largest telecast uh, viewership. That had the largest viewership of any. Uh, college football telecast in that year. So we, we will be seeing getting a lot of eyeballs on our game tonight, and, and I think that's a good thing. Of course, it requires us to play well for that to be a good thing. We don't want to get embarrassed or play poorly. But it's good to have the exposure. All throughout the weekend on ESPN, they were pumping our game. Uh, like many of you, I was tuned to the Clemson-Arkansas game. Uh, excuse me, Clemson-Auburn, and I was happy to see Clemson come away with a win. But throughout, throughout that, ESPN was... Hang on. ESPN was uh, heavily publicizing our game, which is very good. Now, let's get to a few things. This is our preview episode of Virginia Tech. First, uh, the weather in Blacksburg not looking that great. Uh, I think it's some of, some of the leftovers from Hurricane Isaac, which tore through uh, New Orleans and parts of central uh, the central United States. Some of that's left over uh, in Blacksburg, and we're looking at, I'll like to check the Weather Channel today, uh, the chance tonight of thunderstorms 60%, and it's been raining for the last day and a half in <clears throat> western uh, Appalachian, Virginia, where, of course, the uh, Virginia Tech campus is located. And I'm a little disappointed to hear that, not because I think it affects our chances one way or another, but I never like the weather to play and uh, play a factor in who wins uh, a college football game. You always like to see the outcome be... Not based on, on rain or sleet, snow, what have you. Uh, now, how does that affect our chances in Blacksburg? Well, on the one hand, we're not going to be a big throw-it-out, air-it-out team. Uh, and Virginia Tech may be more so inclined to do that. So that may help us a, a bit. But the option, the triple option, as we know, does require a lot of precision, a lot of pitches, uh, clean handoffs, and a wet ball can really damage uh, our chances. So uh, too too early to say. Well, it's it's too tough to say. I think how that's going to affect us. Uh, I do hope that the game is played and played on time. 
those uh, Tech fans remember back in 2000, that, that game got a lot of pub this week, the Tech Virginia Tech game that was canceled due to a thunderstorm. I remember I was 10 years old sitting in the living room ready for that game, and they actually had the ball up on a tee, and everybody was set and ready for the kickoff, and then they blew the whistle and said, hang on, everybody get inside, it's about to be a thunderstorm, and it was. That was the night Lee Corso's car got uh, struck by lightning, but... We hope we don't have a, a repeat of that kind of weather tonight in Blacksburg. Uh, but regardless, let's get to how I think this one is is gonna is gonna turn out and some of the matchups we need to look we need to look at. I think uh, this game, personally, uh, I think rests on our defense, and that's not an uncommon opinion. Uh, this defense, although it has not received the kind of coverage that Paul Johnson's offense has in his tenure, I think is as important to this team's success for this year. Uh, as any unit, it's been a it's been a unit has a defense that has really not come through. I think in four years uh, under Paul Johnson, it's it's been a constant source of of headaches, of head scratching and headaches. And this is now entering uh, another year of Al Grow, and I think it's his really his time to to show whether he's he's going to be able to take care of business. And I, I've shared my thoughts on the three four before in Al Grow's defense. I, he's of course a great defensive coordinator. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, as a defensive coach in the NFL, and I think he's a good coach, and I don't think the problem is his coaching. Uh, I, I like I like enjoy having him as much as almost any defensive coordinator in the country. But the problem is, well, in my estimate, in my view, is that we do we do play a three four under Al Groh, and any team that coached by Al Groh defensively is going to play a three four. That's what he does. That's how he's always coached. That's his style. That's his. That's how he draws it up. Which is fine if you're able to get the personnel for the 3-4. And so far, I don't think we have. And what you really need is a just a big, fat, strong guy to stick in the middle at that nose tackle position and disrupt things and take up a couple blockers and allow the rest of the defense to make its plays. And we haven't had that. We had guys like Logan Walls uh, last year, you know, bless his heart, doing the best he could, but he was physically overmatched against teams with big lines like Miami, Virginia Tech, Georgia. And those are the teams that have had the biggest success against Paul Johnson, against Georgia Tech. Those three, Miami, Virginia Tech, and Georgia, are each 3-1 and one against Coach Johnson and the Jackets <clears throat> Excuse me, in the last four years. And if we, that's the biggest problem. For example, case in point, University of Georgia, of course we hate, still had trouble under Todd Grantham, their co-defensive coach in their first year. He transitioned to a 3-4. Why? Well, they didn't really have a body they could plug in the middle there. They got, they got gashed against the run. We put up... Uh, but uh, 34 points against Georgia, uh, and a lot of teams really uh, had offensive success. Well, one year later, what happens? Well, they do get Jarvis Jones, who's a good linebacker, but they also get a big fat guy, a big fat strong guy, Jonathan Jenkins, uh, John Jenkins, excuse me, who's a 350-pound, uh, six foot three, I want to say, uh, defensive tackle. That you know, he was a community college transfer, uh, so he was actually coming coming in able to play right away. Was not really a freshman. Um, was not a freshman, but they were able to bring him in and plug him in the middle, and suddenly you had him and you had Jarvis Jones, uh, which was a good roving linebacker, and what do you know? They're one of the best defense, defense in the country, and we, we, we've lacked that kind of defense, and maybe the guy like T.J. Barnes who we plug in can be the difference there and, and make us a elite or or at least average defense. If, if, we had an aver- if we had average defense in special teams, I would love our chances this year. Unfortunately, both of those units have been dragging behind. But back to the back to the game here. 
I think a lot of it, I think most of it rests on our defense. Logan Wallace last year absolutely just torched us on the, through the air and ran us over on the ground. He is a good quarterback, a very, very good quarterback against any team. Mel Kuyper, um, among others, have him rated as one of the best pro prospects coming out of college for next year's draft at the, at the quarterback position. And we saw why last year, excellent, excellent passing ability, a tall guy, a big guy, and he was able to run the quarterback draw up the middle at will. He was just too big for our defensive line, our linebackers. And I think that's where the game starts. Virginia Tech, uh, you look at their lineup, they, they're missing David Wilson, uh, who gashed us last year for big plays as a running back. And he was a re- very, very good running back. And I think he ran that that kickoff back that got us back in 2010 up in Blacksburg. That was Tevin's first significant game of action following Josh Nesbitt's injury. But David Wilson is gone. I think he left for the draft, which is good news for Tech. Um, and Virginia Tech is is kind of searching for a uh, player at running back uh, to carry them like Wilson has. But they do have Thomas back there, who's an excellent running and passing threat. Uh, but the good news for Tech is the running back position, running back position, not settled for the Hokies. Um, but I think I think this game will be decided by our front seven. Now, one thing of note, we're going to be missing a lot of starters and a lot more than we thought we would have been missing. Uh, news has come down this week that Fred Holton, our safety, uh, is going to be out. He's a guy uh, we heard a lot about in summer practice as being somebody who. Uh, really rose above and and surprised and impressed coaches and players. He was commented on a lot in interviews by by both coaches and players. He'll be missing. He's out. He'll be injured. Um, he'll be replaced. I think uh, Jamal Golden will be back there uh, in for the, in the second string uh, role. And we're really going to miss Fred. Uh, we're also, of course, missing uh, Daniel Drummond, who's suspended middle linebacker, and Lewis Young, the cornerback. So we're missing half of our secondary and a quarter of our linebacking core, not to mention on offense. I think word is Morgan Bailey is out and Chris Jackson is out. Now Jackson, this is going to get a little off the reservation here, but uh, Jackson has some credit hour issues, which you wonder how that can happen. The man's been at Georgia Tech for two years after transferring uh, like to Georgia from Alabama to Georgia State, now back to Tech, and there's some credit credit hour issues. So hope he's able to get that sorted out. But nonetheless, we're going up there with fewer of our guns than we had thought we would be bringing to Blacksburg. That uh, makes me a little little less little less optimistic about how this one's going to turn out. Um, just was just talking with friends about this game a week ago. I gave ourselves at least a fifty percent shot of winning. I, I really just thought I was. Really optimistic about this year, and I thought we had a good chance of coming in and shocking the Hokies. Now I feel a little bit opposite. I think we, we, we've got a decent shot, but uh, I would not put our I, I would not put money on the Jackets right now, just because we're missing the starters that we're going to miss. Um, offensively, very intrigued to see how Tevin Washington comes out. Of course, as I said, remember Tevin had his uh, big debut on. Uh, unannounced, well, not unexpected debut after Josh Nesbitt went down for the year in that game in Blackfoot. That was a Thursday night two years ago. And uh, so interesting to see. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how Tevin will respond up there. Tevin's a guy who is not, um, I would say he is liked by the fans. He's not totally embraced. I don't think that's, that's all his fault. Um, he... 
his his pluses and minuses have been well documented. He's a good manager of the offense, not that great a playmaker. We know that. Um, I don't think that the game, this game, depends on him as much uh, as as some others might. Um, and I say that uh, because I think I do think it starts with the defense. Um, I don't think the pressure to pass is going to be as um, as present this game because I, I I don't I don't think we're going to win this game by passing. I don't. I think the uh, com- combined effects of the weather and an inexperienced receiving core make this make the passing element uh, much diminished. Now Tevin's going to have to run the offense very well, and I am excited to see how, if at all, he has improved from running the offense last year. He does make good reads, but I think sometimes he misses about three or four reads a game that can bust for a long play. And that was something, that's a difference, I think, between him and Josh. Josh Nesbitt, that is. Uh, so, our, our offense versus their defense, they do have good They do have good defensive line. That's some, they got some uh, big guys there on the line, and as I said, that's one of the reasons why the Hokies, as well as Miami Hurricanes and Georgia, uh, have had success against the Jackets. Um, but I, I do like how uh, what I've heard about our line, our, um, our offensive line. Now, Virginia Tech, you have Derek Hopkins in the middle, over 300 pounds, uh, but that is their biggest guy uh, along, the te- along the defensive line. Uh, they've got guys like uh, Court Marshall, 267, Zach McRae, 256, um, a, two, a guy who's 288, Luther Matty, um, is a sophomore. They don't have some of the horses that they've had in the past on the D-line. Uh, and uh, knowing what I've heard about our, our offensive line so far, uh, I think that may give us more of an edge than we've had in the past against Virginia Tech. We are missing Morgan Bailey. Uh, but, you know, the first three years, first four years of Paul Johnson's tenure at Tech, the offensive line has been something of a makeshift enterprise, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that in the combined, or in the final two classes of the Changeli area, or rather his 2007 class and the 2008 class, which kind of was the transition between him and Coach Johnson, we didn't really, we did not recruit many offensive linemen. I think just three or four combined in those two classes, and Amorka Uze was one of those. Um, he and he's our best lineman today, but we didn't have the numbers and. For a while, we just did not have the depth, and we do have the depth this year. We've got some experience along the O-line. So, I think we'll be okay offensively. A lot has been talked about the time off to prepare for the triple option. And while I, I think that is the time off, I, personally, I think is given is overrated. I think it does help a defense. I don't think it helps a defense that much. However, Georgia Tech so far does not have a great record, as we know, in bowl games or uh, against teams that have had plenty of time to practice. And we're just going to have to win some of these games, like this game tonight, in order to shut some of these guys up. And you know, you, we can't really say much until we do win one of these games. Um, but I'm not as, as worried about the offense. I am worried about the defense. I am also excited. Just as I'm, oh, I mean, it's the opener. I'm excited to see our team come out. Um, I am excited to see if the defense does have any improvements. Now, this is not a defense firing at full strength. As I said, three of our starters are going to be missing due to injury or suspension. Um, but every time we line up, and uh, every time we line up on defense, I'm going to start by watching 
big TJ Barnes in the middle, I think uh, 97, or 90, uh, 90, uh, <clears throat> to see how he does. Um, and if he if he can get in, let's say there's uh, 60 snaps, if he can play at least 40, 40, 50 snaps, I think we're going to be uh, in pretty good shape along that D-line. But if he has to keep coming out and being spelled a lot, then I think we may be in trouble. Um, our our D-line is a great front line, uh, but I think I think the health of the D-line <clears throat> would go a long way to determine the success of this season. So, um, I will be recording a reflection wrap-up podcast after the game tonight uh, against Virginia Tech, and I'll have it posted by tomorrow. I hope everybody listens, and I hope we hope it's a, a podcast talking about a win rather than a loss. Um, folks, uh, the game tonight on ESPN, 8 p.m., Sean McDonough be doing the announcing. Hopefully the weather allows us to get an on-time kickoff, and hopefully many of you are going. I, I was... We, I have tickets and was actually hoping to go, but work is going to stand in the way. So I will not be making the trip to Blacksburg, but um, I'll be going to as many as I can this season. And that will do it for episode 1.3, episode 3 of the first season of Jacket Talk. We'll be back. Uh, check back for the uh, post-game podcast coming up. Thanks, guys, and go Jackets.